0: Welcome to the Brand Party Podcast. I'm your host, Christine from CL Designs. If you know me, execution and getting shit done is my middle name. This podcast will energize you to invest in your brand in new ways. Join me for tips, insights, and actions you can take to make your brand a priority in your business. My guests and I deliver honest, to-the-point advice you can implement right away. Your brand is worth celebrating. It can be fun, and I'll show you how. Let's get this party started. Well, thank you so much for joining the Brand Party Podcast today, Elena. It's so nice to have you.
1: Thanks, Christine. It's amazing to be here.
0: I just wanted to dive in and first start. How does
1: Brand Party resonate with you? I mean, it makes you jazzed about branding. When you first launched the idea, I thought it was so fun to make it a party, because a lot of people talk about it, but the fact that you wanted to make it a party and help folks understand that a brand is way more than just colors or a logo is so, so awesome, and I'm all for parties, so here we are. (laughs) well thank
0: you for being the life of the party. And so, okay, for those people who feel like they are overwhelmed by their branding and design challenges right now, what would you tell them?
1: I would tell them it's okay. And you should probably take a step back because it's going to be there whenever you need it to be. And yes, it's an integral part of your business, but you don't want to rush it. Mm -hmm. So being able to take a step back and take a breather and maybe focusing on something else for a day or two, that's totally fine because it's your business and you can do whatever you want with it. So there's no rush. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point because i'm
0: learning more and more too that it's really about creating space for things and letting it marinate as uncomfortable as that is mm-hmm. and trusting that like the for the lack of better word that the universe like has your back And that things are going to work out however
1: they may. Well, and one thing that I find too, especially in the entrepreneurial community, the word hustle is used so much. Mm -hmm. And hustle is often equated with how quickly you can get things done. So there's a real skill in if you're feeling anxious or scared or overwhelmed by something, being able to recognize that and taking a step back is so powerful and can actually make you a better business person or a better Mm -hmm. marketer or whatever your job is it can make you better at your job because you recognize when you need to take care of yourself
0: diving into pr today what exactly is it and what does it have to do with our own brand
1: (laughs) so pr i like to think of as the best friend that you didn't think that you needed to have but actually do. I remember when I got into PR, my parents asked me, wait, so, like, what is it? What are you doing? This, like, help us. So I, it took me a long time to sort of refine the answer, but I break it down in terms of pre-internet and post-internet because pre-internet public relations was the practice of getting earned media coverage, quote-unquote. So that meant reaching out to journalists or reaching out to producers at TV stations or at radio stations and getting them to cover your story without paying them because back then paying them would have meant the advertising department and you would have been speaking to different people. Whereas post-internet, it's a lot different. And it has to do with sort of being smoshed in together with marketing because before PR was very much just The media relations piece and you would do some event planning and copywriting, but it was very much about media relations and talking to journalists. Whereas now it's a lot more than writing news releases and doing that outreach. It's about talking to influencers. It's a lot more of event planning. If you met a PR specialist 20 years ago, they would have been a PR specialist, and their specialization would have been media relations. Whereas now, Mm. it's the specialization might be in influencer marketing, or it might be in event planning, or social media, or in media relations, because that still exists. But it's, as you said, a lot more holistic and encompasses a lot more. Which I think is also a lot more beneficial for people, right?
0: Because you're getting access to so many different avenues that you might not normally or traditionally have been exposed to. Yes. Absolutely. And so traditionally, it's been a lot of print, pre-internet. And as we live more in this digital age, what are options we may not have considered in our blind spots on the PR side of our businesses?
1: There are plenty of alternative media outlets such as podcasts! Psych <laughs> Friend Party <laughs> Podcast! PR, how do you think I got on here? No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of alternative media outlets, whether that is podcast, whether that is an Instagram live show, whether it is influencer relations unpaid or paid, whether it's social media marketing, content marketing, it's like I said, it's meshed a lot more with marketing now. So you do see a lot more of the traditional marketing aspects coming in. It is writing and it is speaking and it is all of these different things. So it it can be trickier when you're talking about your brand. And so having a really clear understanding of how you can use your brand as a tool in PR can Mm -hmm. be incredibly helpful. And blind spots for PR can be sometimes difficult to maneuver for folks who might be older in the sense of they're so used to just like dealing with earned media versus right. all of these other aspects of PR but that's when you just need to get them to talk to a marketer and they can help educate each other and that's, that's fun. Mm-hmm. so
0: <laughs> even whether you're a personal brand and a solopreneur or you have a full-fledged team and business that you're thinking on a holistic scale and how you can impact your audience in a variety of ways whether you're trying to like increase a certain area or not but this way you have like a lot more value to come to a like PR agency or person
1: to help you grow that versus having just one avenue. The more that you understand your brand and the more that you have a brand 360 as you said that really as you said helps the PR person be able to craft a story that will actually get coverage whether it's like whatever avenue it is or even if you do it yourself if you decide to bootstrap and work in sort of the building relationships yourself in whatever area that looks like having an understanding of your brand and how it fits into a bigger story or a bigger trend that's going to help you get better PR coverage.
0: And so the average North American hears and sees about 400 ads a day. (laughs) And with so much media out there, how can our brands differentiate itself?
1: So I think the first thing that you want to do is double down on what you want to tell your audience what your goal is by telling your audience that specific thing and how you're going to tell them that specific Mm. thing. So one thing that I tend to preach a little bit in terms of PR, and I'm sure people get mad at me when I do this, but marketers specifically, you can't track PR the same way as you do other parts of Mm. marketing. Because one thing that I haven't mentioned about PR is PR is about brand awareness. Marketing is also about brand awareness, but PR, that's purely why PR exists because PR was initially came to being because like people needed help managing expectations. And that's where sort of the term spin master comes from because people got really good at spinning different stories. And I, I personally hate that term when people try to say that I am one, but all of that is to say that PR came to be because people needed help getting people talking about their brand Mm. and talking about their brand in a very specific way right? So if you're writing an article for someone as a content share, don't write it as sales copy is basically what I'm trying to say here, because if you're not tracking PR in terms of sales conversions, you shouldn't, you should be tracking it in terms of how many people are talking about your brand or whatever that looks like for you. Don't write in a salesy kind of way, write in a storytelling kind of way. And there are a lot of people who do that really well. And there are a lot of people who don't. So it's a matter of learning how to massage your story that isn't including calls to action, like shop now or learn more. So it does take time and practice, but it is a very important thing to keep in mind. And Mm -hmm. that's how you stand out from the ads, because you can tell when you're reading an ad that it's an ad. Right. Because you will naturally click if you are interested,
0: regardless if they've served up major value. What are our options when it comes to different tiers from whether someone wants to bootstrap and DIY it themselves to
1: hiring a PR agency or professional? That is an excellent question and super important. I think regardless of whether you're going to be bootstrapping it yourself or hiring a PR freelancer or an agency, one thing that you need to keep in mind for PR is it's all about relationships. People who like you, if you're doing it from an earned media perspective, which is hard nowadays because journalism is changing, but if you're doing it from an earned media perspective, a journalist who likes you is way more likely to write about you than a journalist who has no idea who you are. And so building relationships is incredibly important and that's why people pay PR agencies and PR freelancers because they they have those relationships already established and the journalist trusts them. So regardless of what level you're doing, we need to make sure that you build relationships, and so if you're bootstrapping it, how you do that is one sign up for Help a Reporter Out or HARO. I might refer yes. to it. Um, that is an incredible resource, and it does get annoying <laughs> coming into your inbox every day, yeah. three times a day. <laughs> yes, but if you are hustling, har har! If you're <laughs> hustling to get some PR coverage. It's really easy to just reach out to people really quickly there. The key for Harrow actually is making sure that you respond quickly because they get so many responses. The deadlines are super fast also, I find. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So making sure that you sort of read the ask thoroughly but quick enough Mm -hmm. and then responding there. And then as well, uh, following hashtag Giorno requests on Twitter is uh, journalists will just post whatever they need for story they're working on and put hashtag journal request and that's a really easy way for you to sort of build relationships on twitter too because journalists specifically are very active on that platform less so than on instagram or facebook i find unless it's a beauty Uh, journalists than they Mm. are on Instagram, but that's a completely different ballgame. And then, like I said, building relationships with journalists and influencers if you want to get influencer coverage, so going to networking events, or if you want to work with influencers more so, reach out to them on the platform that they're most active, comment on their posts, send them DMs, respond to their stories, whatever that looks like, engage with their content and build that relationship that way. That's very, Mm. very important if you're bootstrapping it. If you've got more cash flow available, but you still want to bootstrap it because you can't afford a PR freelancer or agency, then take a PR course. You can take them through colleges or universities. They're pretty accessible. Hmm. And if you're comfortable building relationships, the skills will come naturally to you if you take a course. And Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything offhand. I went to Centennial College in Toronto. I did a graduate certificate there, but you can take one-off courses pretty much anywhere, Mm -hmm. which is really great. But the only thing I would say about this is it can be a time suck. So just make sure that you've got the time and resources available to do so. And then the third tier is if you do have a lot of cash flow available and you find that you've just got way too much going on, then definitely hire a PR freelancer or agency. I think here is where you have to think back to your goal as well and think about the service that you want to get. A PR freelancer is definitely going to be a lot more personalized because you're dealing with one person versus a team. And PR agencies tend to have bigger clients. So if you're on the smaller end of the budget, you have to understand that they're not going to be able to devote as much or as many resources to you.
0: So speaking on the agency side of things, you've worked with a lot of influencers in the past and it's become such a buzzword now. But I do believe that everyone has... A story to share and has some sort of influence in this world if they're willing to step into that power. Can you break down what exactly is influencer marketing and how we may be able to adopt
1: these strategies for us as entrepreneurs? I completely agree. I think everyone is an influencer in their own right. Everyone has influence over someone's opinion. So. To define influencer marketing, it's when you're working with someone who has built and curated a community on a platform, online or otherwise, to help spread a message. You can think of this big scale in terms of, I mean, we live in Toronto, so the Toronto Star, or you can think of it small scale in terms of an influencer like Kat Gaskin from the Content Planner. She has an incredible community online. There are multiple different aspects where you can think about it this way, but I think that's how you can define it pretty clearly. And whether you're trying to spread a message about your product, your service, or anything else, that's up to you. You get to define that, but you need to understand that influencer marketing is a tactic that can help you spread that message. And the influencer knows their audience best. You can't have direct control over what that message is. You can give them key messaging, but that's it. So if you are looking at influencer marketing in terms of using it as a tactic for your own marketing platform, I would say... Three things or two things, I guess, that you want to focus on are, as I've said before, building relationships with influencers is super important. When I was working at a PR agency, I did influencer marketing my entire time there. And when I first started working there, influencers were a little bit cautious working with me because they didn't know me. And I was also quite young in terms of the agency. I was at the lowest tier, so they were a little... Cagey about it. Whereas by the time I was in my third year, influencers would email me being like, Hey, are you working on any campaigns? I'd be happy to give you a discount because I was doing paid influencer campaigns. And so by the time i built up those relationships, people were way more willing to work with me. And I was able to save my PR agency money because the influencer trusted me and wanted to work with me because we had a great working relationship and trusted that I would let them do their thing and talk about the product or service in a way that worked for them and their audience would relate to. And then two, it's really important that you focus on what makes your product or service unique because influencers get pitches all day, every day, as I'm sure you are aware, Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing in terms of entrepreneurs, right? Like, you get pitches to do things, and sometimes you want to do them, and sometimes you don't, and they stand out when it relates to you. I remember I was working with an influencer, it was a dog influencer, and the, the, the human who was running the dog influencer account was talking to me about a brand pitch that she had gotten, and... It's a dog influencer account and it was a beer brand that had pitched them and the human was never in any of the pictures it was only ever about the dog so make <laughs> sure that your pitching influencers fit well with your brand and that are going to be able to talk about your product or service organically and authentically because yes. if you think about the dog talking about a beer wouldn't have made sense because it just didn't fit well with Unless you want drunk dogs. Exactly. And I mean, I'm sure that's a beach somewhere, quite honestly. I'm sure it is. Animal cruelty is not a good thing.
0: Personalizing the message, I think, goes a long way as well, right? Like, I've been pitched different things as well from an influencer standpoint. And it's, you can tell when somebody has taken the time to understand you and your platform versus just a copy and paste email. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And like having been on that side, I definitely did do that. But I would always make sure to personalize the beginning part of the email. Yeah, exactly. For you, Brand Party Podcast. Oh my God, I loved episode seven. I thought it was really great. Um, I I loved point X, Y, Z kind of thing.
0: Right. Like it doesn't need to be a whole life story, I feel like. But just to understand that you took even one minute to see what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. why I'm on this planet is just goes on such a long way for
1: that relationship building. Absolutely. And pitching, like pitching is a whole nother thing that we could talk about. And I mean you can find resources on that everywhere. But there's an art to a pitch is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Either way, the important part of the pitching aspect that we're talking about for influencers is make sure that you're standing out in terms of the uniqueness of what you're talking about and making sure that you relate to the influencer. If you're a Branding influencer, for example, and someone's like, hey, do you want to talk about pants? You're going to be like, not particularly. Like, it doesn't really fit with everything else I talk about, right? So, yeah, it's important to have consistency and be unique. (laughs) Good rule of thumb. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So for someone who may be at the beginning stages and growing their business and brand, what would you recommend in regards to approaching other brands or influencers when you may not have a ton of followers and how to
1: negotiate the right compensation when you do sponsorships and collaborations? I think we can break it down two ways. But if you are trying to be an influencer, for example, reaching out to brands for collaborations If you have a small following, don't talk about the size of your following. Mm -hmm. Talk about statistics in terms of your growth. Because if you only have a 1,000 followers, but you got those 1,000 followers within three months organically, you didn't buy them. Me as a person on the other side, in terms of a brand owner or a, someone works at a PR agency, I'd be like, damn. And I would probably fight harder with my manager or my director saying, hey, this person knows their stuff. They're building a the community really well. I think we should work with them. Whether or not we actually do is up to the manager or director. But you've got someone on your side who's willing to fight for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important piece. And then in terms of compensation and sponsorships and negotiation, I'm a little jaded in this area, if I'm being perfectly honest, in the sense of as a person who's been on the other side of a PR agency, and it's really important that you treat your brand and your business seriously and read contracts very, very carefully, because if you don't, sometimes you sign away usage rights. Mm -hmm. And usage rights, one, are incredibly important because you retain creative property over your creative content. But two, like you're signing away a money-making opportunity. Mm. And so by reading contracts very, very carefully, you can avoid that. And understanding legal jargon. I could once again go into that whole thing. I've spoken about it before, but it's very, very important. And I actually intend on, I have a website, which I know we'll be talking about later, but I intend on breaking that down very clearly there because I think it's very, very important, especially as women. I think it's very important that we have an understanding and I think people try and take advantage of us sometimes, unfortunately. So having a clear understanding of what contracts look like and being able to navigate, navigate that exactly, thank you, is, is very important.
0: Yeah. What should be the must-haves <laughs> in a PR toolkit or pitch deck or email that you're sending to
1: people? Like, what should they always, always include? The biggest thing is a good story. So if you are trying to pitch someone, whether it's a journalist, whether it's another brand, whether whomever it is, make sure that you have a good story and relate it to them. Use the you, use use, don't use eyes, use yous. use, <laughs> yes. use use, uh, it, because it's very important and it helps them understand how it relates to them. And if you're pitching a journalist specifically, like they don't give a crap. Essentially, They don't care about how your product is going to revolutionize people's lives or your service. What they care about is how your product or service fits into a trend or story that they're writing. So having a good story is very, very important. Addition to that is you need to have a list of key messages that you need to hit on about your company and about the specific campaign product or service you're pitching. Because if you don't, you're just going to flag it. And you don't want to flounder. So having like three bullet points for each and making sure like if you get them on the phone, for example, or if you're writing to them over email, making sure that you hit those messages all the time, it's very, very important. If you're dealing with journalists specifically, influencers have a bit more flexibility, but if you're dealing with journalists specifically, make sure that you understand that they're working on a deadline. Whenever I'm speaking to a journalist, I always, always ask them, are you on a deadline or when do you need this by? PR is people skills and being able to talk to different people and build relationships with them. That is the biggest takeaway. If you're going to take away anything from this podcast, (laughs) please take away the fact that PR is all about people skills and being able to talk to people. So, and if you can do it in a way that tells a story, you're golden. I have a website, you can find me at simpson.com. I call the website Everyday Confidence because communication is important when you're trying to be confident every day. So that's what I talk about and I speak about marketing, communications, PR, public speaking, the way that you present yourself, all the things that impact how you communicate with people and how you can be confident in communicating with people. And so you can find me there. If you have any questions, you can reach me at at Captain Manor on Instagram. And I will be breaking down a lot of the PR specific things that we've talked about here on the website. Like if you're searching for more information, that's definitely a good resource. And you'll find more things to come as I get through all of the things that I need to talk about in terms of <laughs> PR, like pitching and building a media list, whether that's influencer or journalism or whatever. So that's where you can find
0: me amazing and so i have a few rapid fire questions for you are you ready absolutely (laughs) what are you currently celebrating
1: taking baby steps in terms of building my brand and my own business is something i've been talking about for a very long time and i mean we've talked about it for months so i'm really proud of myself and celebrating the fact that i've just been taking really small bite-sized actionable baby steps amazing i always say too that
0: The small steps really make that bigger picture or make big impact, so it's good that you're showing up consistently and taking the steps that you need to actually move it forward. What's the
1: number one thing you want people to have fun with from this episode? (laughs) I think you can have a lot of fun with coming up with a story. I mean, I'm in PR, so of course I find that fun. Humanity is built on storytelling. And civilizations are built on storytelling. So have fun building the story that your company or brand fits into. And the more fun that you have with it, the more people will be able to tell and that will help with your likelihood of actually getting coverage. So just enjoy the process. And if you're getting frustrated, talk to other people because they'll be able to help you find a way to tell your story. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Lana, for
0: taking the time to join in on the fun on the Brand Party podcast. <laughs> Where can people find out more about you?
1: Well, as I said, you can find me at alanasimpson.com. That's A-L-A-N as the Nancy A. Simpson as in the cartoon.com. And you can find me at Captain Nanner on Instagram. And those are sort of the two platforms that I'm most active on.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Always on the go. Make sure to subscribe to the Brand Party Podcast so you never miss out on all of the fun.